In this episode of the Live Your Purpose as a Christian Entrepreneur Bible Study, we are diving into Romans chapter 2. I'm Stephanie Rodnes, and welcome to the Live Your Purpose as a Christian Entrepreneur Bible Study. My goal is to encourage the discouraged with scripture, inspiration, and resources to help you do exactly what God purposed you to do on this earth, become a Christian entrepreneur. The definition of a Godlywood girl is a woman of Christ who says yes to her God-given purpose, no matter what everyone else tries to say or do. So if you are stepping into your purpose as a Christian entrepreneur, welcome to the Godlywood Girl Sisterhood. You are my people, and I can't wait to meet you. Now let's dive into today's episode. And remember, if you want to join me for these live recordings on Godlywood Girl's Instagram feed, join me at Godlywood Girl on Instagram now. Let's dive right in. Hello, my beautiful sisters. Welcome to our live stream today. Hey, hey, hey. Today we are diving into Romans chapter 2. So excited to be in the book of Romans. Romans literally changed my life. I was telling my husband about this yesterday. Before um, I studied the book of Romans, when I was like, I think I was 14 years old when my youth pastor did a study on Romans. And before we did the study on Romans, I thought every time I sinned, I lost my salvation. I was like, every time I sin, I'm like, I'm a sinner. God hates me. I'm going to hell. (laughs) And then it was our youth He wasn't a youth pastor. He was our Sunday school teacher at the time. His name was Mr. Bill. I can't remember his last name, but he was the one who decided that he was going to do an entire study on the book of Romans. And it was in studying the book of Romans that I found out that once you are saved, you have salvation forever. There's no sin that can make you lose your salvation. There's no sin that can separate you from Christ. What he did on the cross is everything. That is everything. That is all that is it's all encompassing that that is salvation and once you believe that Jesus died for your sins and rose again and you believe in the sacrifice that you that he made for you you are saved period point blank and it literally changed my life so I'm so grateful for the book of Romans and I'm so excited to be studying it with you guys today we're diving into Romans chapter 2 the message translation and today's video is sponsored by the God that would girl achieve your goals ebook a this is my seven day devotional that teaches you how to set and achieve purpose driven goals on your purpose journey and you can get it for just seven dollars for this month only okay you can get it for just seven dollars for this month only so if you're listening to this on the podcast, go to purposegift.com slash achieve goals. If you're watching this on Facebook or on Instagram, go ahead and click the link in the description box and you can find the $7 ebook there. Don't sleep on this, sis. If you want help learning how to set and achieve your purpose shipping goals in 2020, this is the ebook for you. Let's get started with the word of prayer. Father God in heaven, thank you so much, Lord, for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your beauty. Thank you so much for being the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the bright morning star, Father God. And I just thank you for the opportunity to be able to come here and read your word this morning, Lord. You're so good, Father God. I pray you bless the reading of your word. Help us be able to hear what you want us to hear and see what you want us to see. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So we're reading reading the message translation um, of Romans chapter 2. I do love the easy reading version and the NIV version as well. But today we're just going to be in the message translation itself. And remember, when we started reading the book of Romans, the reason why Paul wrote the book of Romans was to encourage the the church in Rome. So this was about 20 years after his, his salvation moment in Damascus when he saw the Holy Spirit around him. He became blind. He gave his life to Christ. He became one of the most powerful disciples of all time, really. Um, And this is about 20 years later after that. So this is a church he had already founded in Rome. 
and the church was made up of Jews and non-Jews alike. And so a lot of the Jews were kind of getting the non-Jews to think that they had to be circumcised and follow uh, traditional Jewish customs in order to be saved. And so Paul wrote this book to the Romans to explain what salvation actually is. And he did a great job because it helped me so much on my salvation journey, praise Jesus. So last week we ended up, we ended Romans 1 where Paul was explaining all the sins that people do that separate them from God. And so we're picking up in Romans chapter 2 where Paul is now diving into what that means on our purpose journey. So we are reading um, Romans chapter 2, the message translation. And it says, those people on a dark spiral downward. So remember, Romans chapter 1 ended with Paul describing all the sins that people started doing when they refused to accept God as God. So those people are on a downward spiral. But if you think that leaves you on the high ground where you can point your fingers at others, think again. Every time you criticize someone, you condemn yourself. It takes one to know one. Judgmental criticism of others is a well-known way of escaping detection in your own crimes and misdemeanors. But God isn't so easily diverted. He sees right through all such smoke screens and holds you to what you've done. So even though Paul spent the last part of Romans 1 talking about all the things people do that separate them from Christ, he's saying in Romans 2, that don't make you perfect, sis. Just because other people are doing those things doesn't mean you have a right to judge them or criticize them or think that you are above them. Because we are all children of God. We were all made from our Heavenly Father. He is the Father of each and every one of us. We should not be going around pointing our fingers at people and saying, you a sinner. You a sinner. You doing all this stuff wrong. You doing this, you doing that, and I'm not, and I'm holier than thou. No, none of us are holier than thou. All of us have, flint, have flaws. All of us have sinned, and it's through the blood of Christ that we are forgiven. But just because we're forgiven doesn't mean we need to condemn anybody else. Actually, that's the opposite of what being a servant of Christ is. Because remember, being a servant of Christ is having the fruits of the Spirit. Love, peace, patience, joy, kindness, goodness, self-control. We want to act in that way towards others to be representatives of Christ, not judgmental. So verse 3, you didn't think, did you, that just by pointing your fingers at others, you would distract God from seeing all your misdoings and from coming down on you hard? Or did you think that because he's such a nice God, he'd let you off the hook? Better think this one through from the beginning. God is kind, but he's not soft. In kindness, he takes us firmly by the hand and leads us into a radical life change. That radical life change, when I was talking to my mom about this, you know, a lot of people will talk about how they're Christians and a lot of people will talk about how they're born again. And a lot of people talk about how they know God and they're going to heaven. The thing about faith is that being a Christian only requires us to believe in Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior from the heart. That's all. In order to be a Christian, all we have to do is believe in Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior, truly believe it from our heart. However, if you truly believe in Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior from your heart, you are going to have works that show that. You are going to be different in the way that you treat others, in the way that you treat yourself. You're going to be different in the way that you love on others and share the gospel with others, in the way that you reflect Christ in your life. So we're going to read this later on where Paul says, show me your faith without works and I'm going to show you some other stuff, bruh. Like, 
being a Christian, truly believing in Jesus does actually have a change in our lives. And that's what Rome, that's what um, Romans chapter four, Romans chapter two, verse four is talking about. God is kind, but he's not soft. In kindness, he takes us firmly by the hand and leads us into a radical life change. There's an actual change that happens when we truly make that decision to love Christ from our heart. Verse five, you're not getting by with anything. Every refusal and avoidance of God adds fuel to the fire. The day is coming when it's going to blaze hot and high. God's fury and righteous judgment. Make no mistake. In the end, you get what's coming to you. Real life for those who work on God's side. But to those who insist on getting their own way and take the path of least resistance, fire. I'm going to say that again. Real life for those who work on God's side. But to those who insist on getting their own way and take the path of least resistance, fire. So what Paul is talking about here, going their own way is choosing a life without God, choosing a life without Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior. Taking the path of least resistance is the easiest, I mean, it's easier. Honestly, think about in our own lives, if in our jobs, in our businesses, um, at school, with our friends, with our family members, it's just easier to not talk about Jesus, right? It's just easier to go along with the flow. If all of our coworkers are cussing and swearing and cracking on somebody, it's just easier to jump in than be like, oh guys, I feel uncomfortable with that language. You know what I mean? It's just easier. And Paul is talking about real life, life in full, abundance, comes to those of us who make the decision to go after life God's way, to make the decision to step into his purpose for our lives, to make the decision to love him as our personal Lord and Savior, to make the decision to choose to live the destiny he created for us, not the one that we're trying to create for ourselves. We get real life. Let that be a comfort, because I know it's not easy being the only person in your group, in your friend group, in your job, serving Christ. It's not easy. And I've been there and my prayers go out to you. The The positive thing about being a full-time entrepreneur, because uh, some of you girls may remember, I left my full-time job June 1st, 2016, and I've been a full-time entrepreneur ever since. So now it's really easy for me to live my faith boldly out loud without anybody criticizing me. Like, who gonna check me, boo? I'm at home. <laughs> Who won't check me for reading the Bible on camera? I remember at my job when I was playing Christian music in my office and my, my, one of my bosses came in and was like, oh, can you kind of change the music? Even though he claimed to be a Christian and I didn't want to get in trouble, so I changed the music, that ain't going to happen here in my home. You know what I mean? Ain't nobody going to come over here and tell me, like, you can't be playing music to glorify Christ. But I do, do, do totally relate so those of you girls who are going through that, so be encouraged. The Bible says that real life comes to you because you are choosing the path God has for you. Stay encouraged. Know that the Lord is going to bless you for honoring him, even when it's not the most convenient thing to do. All right, sis, thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Let's pause for a moment for today's sponsor. Verse nine, if you go against the grain, you get splinters, regardless of which neighborhood you're from, what your parents taught you, what schools you attended. But if you embrace the way God does things, 
there are wonderful payoffs. Again, without regard to where you are from or how you were brought up, being a Jew won't give you an automatic stamp of approval. God pays no attention to what others say or what you think about you. He makes up his own mind. So again, remember that Paul wrote this letter to the Roman church to explain the truth about salvation, and some of the Jews were telling the non-Jews that they had to follow traditional Jewish customs in order to be saved. So that's why Paul says that being a Jew won't give you a stamp of approval. But in our terms, it can say being a good person won't give you a stamp of approval. Doing the right thing won't give you the stamp of approval. Being somebody who always does oxen integrity is not going to give you a stamp of approval. What will give you a stamp of approval is believing in Jesus as personal Lord and Savior. <laughs> That's it. Verse 12. If you sin without knowing what you're doing, God takes that into account. But if you sin knowing full well what you're doing, that's a different story entirely. Merely hearing God's law is a waste of your time if you don't do what he commands. Doing, not hearing, is what makes the difference with God. This is huge for us, guys. Doing, not hearing, is what makes the difference with God. And that's what I was talking about a little bit earlier. How I, I, I meet all these people who tell me that they're Christians, like say it out of their mouths, but they're the nastiest people I've ever met. They nasty, they're rude, they're mean, they're inconsiderate, they're narcissists, they're conceited. And I'm like, you're a Christian. <laughs> like you over here treating people this way and you making people think that's how Christians act. Like, come on now. I truly believe that it's by a person's fruit that we can truly, truly understand if this is a person we should be taking advice from, from a Christian perspective, or if this is a person we just need to continue praying for. Because everybody's on their own journey. Verse 12 says, if you sin without knowing what you're doing, God takes that into account. And I truly believe that. I don't think anybody's perfect. I think that there are things that I don't think are a sin, that other Christians do think are a sin, but because it's not a sin to me, God takes that into account. You know what I mean? So. Be it far from me to judge a Christian and think that they're not a Christian just because they're the, some of the nastiest people I've ever met in my life. However, <laughs> what I do know is that doing, not hearing, is what makes the difference from God. So if we are studying the Word of God and we do hear that we're supposed to have love and compassion for others and we still choose not to, that is now sin. If you didn't know it, okay, fine, I get it, I get it. I'm gonna let the Holy Spirit work on you. But if you do know it, that is now sin. And this applies to our purpose journey as well. If the Lord has told us what he wants us to do with our lives, how he wants us to forcefully advance to his kingdom, but we just ignore him, well, doing, not hearing, is what makes the difference with God. It doesn't matter that you heard your purpose and you're thinking about it and someday maybe, nah, he wants to see action. He wants to see our faith backed up by our works, to see that we trust him enough to believe that what he has in store for us is absolutely possible for us to do. So it applies to our purpose journey as well. Verse 14, when outsiders who have never heard God's law follow it more or less by instinct, they confirm its truth by their obedience. They show that God's law is not something alien imposed on us from without, but woven into the very fabric of our creation. There is something deep within them that echoes God's yes and no, right and wrong. Their response is to God's yes and no will become public knowledge on the day God makes his final decision about every man and woman. The message from God that I proclaim through Jesus Christ takes into account all these differences. So basically what Paul is saying is that if people who don't claim to know Jesus can do the right thing, then bruh, sis, that proves that we as Christians can instinctively do the right thing. Even if we haven't studied everything in the Bible yet and we haven't studied every single verse and memorized every single chapter, instinctively 
we can allow the Holy Spirit to guide us on the right way to go. Even in situations where you are the only person who thinks like you. Woo, girl, I used to be me in high school. The only person who thinks like you. Everybody else thinks it's okay to sit there and bully that kid. And you are the one who knows instinctively this is wrong. You can't do this. It is us, our job to be the one who goes over to that kid and says, hey, I'm so sorry that's going on. You want to have lunch together? That's what I used to do when I was in elementary school. I would always be the one to go over to the kid <laughs> and be like, yo, I'm so sorry that's going on. And that was before I even accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior because instinctively, even if people don't have Christ within them, instinctively they know the right and wrong thing to do. Hey, Nourish Just Flow. Jay Foster said, talk about it. Productive on purpose. Hello, I love that name, that handle, Productive on Purpose. Hey, Queen's Ambition. Hey, I'm Distinctive. Hey, Yole. Hey, Lum Can. Good to see you. Good job. Thanks so much for the thumbs up. <laughs> religion, oh, sorry. Um, the next section is called Religion Can't Save You. This is uh, verse 17. If you're brought up Jewish, don't assume that you can lean back in the arms of your religion and take it easy. Feeling smug because you're an insider to God's revelation, a connoisseur of the best things of God, and formed on the latest doctrines. I have a special word of caution for you who are sure that you have it all together yourselves, and because you know God's revealed word inside and out, feel qualified to guide others through their blind alleys and dark nights and confused emotions to God. While you are guiding others, who is going to guide you? And again, remember, Paul is writing this to the church in Rome because they were made up of both Jews and Gentiles. So Gentiles are non-Jews. And the Jews were, were telling the Gentiles that they had to follow traditional Jewish customs in order to be saved. So Paul is explaining like, nah, bruh. That ain't the case here, okay? It's salvation and salvation alone that makes us saved. Um, so he says, I'm quite serious. While preaching don't steal, are you going to rob people blind? Who would suspect you? The same with adultery. The same with idolatry. You can get back by with almost anything if you front it with eloquent talk and God about in his law. The line from scripture, it's because of you Jews that the outsiders are down on God, shows it shows it's an old problem that isn't going to go away. Verse 25, circumcision, the surgical ritual that marks you as a Jew, is great if you live in accordance with God's law. But if you don't, it's worse than not being circumcised. The reverse is also true. The uncircumcised who keep God's ways are as good as the circumcised. In fact, better. Better to keep God's law uncircumcised than break it circumcised. Don't you see? It's not the cut of a knife that makes you a Jew. You become a Jew by who you are. It's the mark of God on your heart. Woo, that's so powerful. Not of a knife on your skin that makes a Jew. And recognition comes from God, not legalistic critics. So back in this time, the time when Jesus came, in order to be a Jew, the males had to be circumcised. And circumcision is when, you know, they cut a piece off of the you know, no, no. So of <laughs> the man. So in this church, in the, in the Roman church, because they were both Jews and Gentiles, the Jews were telling the, the Romans, the male Romans who were Gentiles that they had to be circumcised. And these guys are like, nah, bro, you ain't going to do that to me. And so it was causing this rift and this divide. And so what Paul is doing is addressing that issue head on. Circumcision does not bring salvation. He's even saying it's better to be uncircumcised and following God's ways because that is what makes you right. I mean, this verse right here, verse 29, it's the mark of God on your heart, not of a knife on your skin that makes a Jew. If we rewrite that for us, we would say it's the mark of God on your heart, not the words of your mouth that makes a Christian. Woo! I mean, Paul is just... 
amazing. So that is the end of Romans chapter two. So much going on again. Praise the Lord Jesus. <laughs> so tomorrow, God willing, we'll dive into Romans chapter three. And my sisters, if you don't yet know your God-given purpose, you know that you want to serve the Lord, you know that you want to do what he called you to do on this earth, but you're not quite sure what that purpose is, get my free Find Your Purpose Toolkit by going to PurposeGift.com. The toolkit comes with the Find Your Purpose ebook, journal, it comes with the daily devotional, it comes with the video tutorial. And it's designed to walk you through discovering God's purpose for your life step by step based on the word of God. Don't guess. <laughs> Don't let other people tell you. Go into God's word and find out what he purposed you to do on this earth. And you can find that out by going to purposegift.com. And for my sisters who are like, well, Stephanie, purpose sounds amazing, but I actually don't even know if I'm really a Christian. Being a Christian is what it says in John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And what that means is being a Christian is believing in Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. So if you want to make that decision today, it's very, very simple. Just say this prayer with me and you just say, Dear Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins. I believe that you rose again. Today, I believe in you as my personal Lord and Savior. Sister of Christ, if you said that prayer, welcome to the kingdom. Angels are literally celebrating you right now. Your name has been written in the book of life. Nobody can take it out. Get into a Bible-based church in your area and get started getting to know who God is. He loves you so much. He wants the absolute best for you. I always recommend starting out with the book of John because it's literally like the Lord's love letter to you. And for my girls who stayed on to the end, thank you so much. Don't forget that today's video is sponsored by the Godwood Girl Achieve Your Goal 7-Day Devotional eBook. This eBook is absolutely amazing. It walks you through achieving your goals step by step in the new year. You can get the ebook for just $7 during the month of January. If you're listening to this on the podcast, go to purposegift.com slash achieve your goals. If you're here on Instagram or Facebook, go, to, go ahead and click the link in the description box to get your copy for just $7. Hey, sisters of Christ, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you and give you complete and total purpose over your body, mind, and soul in the name of Jesus and give you peace, mercy, and favor forever and ever. Amen. So that's it for today's episode of the Godwood Girl Live Your Purpose as a Christian Entrepreneur Bible Study. Have any questions? DM me anytime on Instagram or send an email to hello at godwoodgirl.com. I'd love to hear from you. And don't forget to grab my free Find Your Purpose Toolkit to help you get started living God's purpose for your life at PurposeGift.com. Thanks for listening, Godwood Girl. I'll see you on the next one.